That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything that people are afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? All right, everybody, we're back. Are we starting? We're good. Matt We're gave good. us a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay. I just want to make sure recording before I start laying this knowledge down. Boom. Boom. Because <laughs> if I lay it down too early, then we won't make it to the end of the podcast. Uh, but it's this is going to be a great episode. We've been recording um, a lot lately. A lot. <laughs> a lot lately. Yeah. And, you know, it's always... I'm always excited to come down here. I one to to be with my friend, uh, two to to really bring value to other people. Um, we were just talking about in another episode we were a re-recorder. We were talking about like the what kind of pond or lake you want to fish in, fish in, mm-hmm. and and how many people it it resonates to me like the community, the people, yeah. Um, and that's that's a huge piece because some people. Introverts, they like to be by themselves. Some people want to, you know, for me, I want to make a large impact. That's why I create content with you. That's why you create content because we want to impact people's lives in their um, in their works, sections, their companies, their businesses, uh, or their teams. And that's a huge piece, a huge piece, but not everybody's capable of doing that. Right. Sometimes, like, and so we're talking about community and I think are building a community and facilitating. What do I write down here? Facilitating partnerships. Facilitating partnerships. That's the technical term. But it's even <laughs> so. There's a difference between building a community and being a part of a community. And both require effort, and both require uh, okay self awareness. Correct. Correct. You know. So to your point, not everybody wants to build or or do these big things or, you know, make a, a huge impact. Some people are very content to be a part of that movement or a part of that community. People, I think people get confused. I, I, I know when I was, I had like a endurance team um, for a few years. And when I was interviewing people for the team, cause I would only, not only will I did an application to kind of get to know the people, but I would also do a phone call with each one. No matter, you know, some, if it was a hundred or 200, I would still talk to everybody. And I would always ask the question is, do you want to be a part of a team or do you, are you trying to be on a team? Right. And that's two totally different things to me. Cause some people say, Oh, I want to be on a team. Well, that just means you want to exist and you want to reap the rewards to me. Uh, being a part of a team is, is being a part of something. That means it, for it to work as, the ability or the the level that you wanted to, then you have to be able to do what do something, give back to it, um, and not just be a, a taker the whole time. Right. Yeah. It's all about contribution, and I think knowing how you show up and what you contribute is is extremely important. If, you, if some people, and, that, and that's the biggest part, right? People don't know what they contribute. They don't know themselves enough. Um, as we talk about community, it was where when I was younger, a younger leader, because I'm, I'm, to me, I've always been a leader. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. <laughs> That's a mindset that I, I, I practiced most of my life. And I didn't understand the power of community. I didn't get it. Um, as a, and, and, you know, I had a mindset of a leader, but was I really practicing the things that I need to practice to, to bring people together? Um, and it was 
took years and years to figure it out that I was really just being an individual that said I was doing a lot, but I wasn't doing enough. Um, and I was being more, uh, I said this in another episode, I was being selfish, not selfless. I was gonna, I was just going to ask, were you doing, were you doing a lot, but you were doing it for yourself and not for the greater it was good? All, it was all for me. And, it, but what I learned is it, one, it never worked out. Every time I did it for myself, it was that, that, that self gratification is always, it's, it's only momentary. It's only right. like, it only lasts for, um, a day, an hour, a year, I mean, year those are all moments in a, in a lifespan, right? Um, but the, the fulfillment that I was looking for was never, I, I, it was never achieved until I, I shifted and made a change. Um, I tell the story a lot where, you know, where my mentor, um, Johnny Bernardo, told me, like, when you start doing it for the people, then everything else will work itself out. Yeah, it's that selflessness. Like, true selflessness is also selfish in a way, because I know for me, and I'm just speaking, you know, for myself, Mm. doing stuff for others does fill my tank. So I'm still getting something out of it, even though I'm not expecting anything in return from them. But doing something for other people gives me a good feeling and makes me feel good about myself. But that's the key. I didn't know that. Right. Because I I am that way. Like I really, I've always enjoyed I just went in. I went into it with the wrong intent. Like I've always enjoyed helping people, but my intent wasn't to help you. Like it was like, what? What's in it for me? Right. And you know? yeah, I was gonna say that there are people out there that love doing stuff for other people, or they. I shouldn't say that they do stuff for other people, but it's so they can reap the credit. And I think that's different than a true selfless act where you do it for somebody else or the community or whatever. And and you feel good about it, but you don't need the outward acknowledgement of it. You know what I think about the biggest piece for me is like when you do it for self, you 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 deteriorate the culture, right? You deteriorate the culture, um, and you you you're always trying to find the next thing because you're not really building anything. You're just going through the most, like the self stuff is like going through the motions, going through the motions, going through the motions. But when you start to um, believe in the community and you start to allow the, it's, it's almost like it's, an, it's infectious, right? And, and and other people get in and they, then they help somebody else and they help somebody else. And next thing you know, you have this community of people building each other up. And then that's way more power than you as an more, more powerful than you as an individual. Yeah. The rising tide lifts all ships. And that's what it comes down to is the more everybody's doing positive stuff, it raises everybody up together. And and so you're right. It is it is definitely very um, infectious. And it's just like anything else. The more people see other people doing something, the more they're going to model that. And then so it's kind of got that um, – what's the word I'm looking for um, – I can't think of the word right now, but basically where everybody ends up doing the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, you're the average of the three to five people you hang around the most. So if everybody's doing positive stuff for everybody else, the chances of you doing that are high as well. Right. When, so as we talk about community and when we talk about the setting example, I know that one of your, one of the things that you enjoy the most is building teams, right? And that's a, just a smaller version of a, of a community. Cause it, I think community can be like, 
it's like a group of two people <laughs> or right. more, two or more people. Um, what do you what do you find so fulfilling about building a community or a team? I love when I see things in people that sometimes they know it or sometimes they don't even see it in themselves. But I love seeing, you know, this quality in person A and that quality in person B. And I know that bringing them together is going to make this amazing end product, whether it's whether it's a, a program that they're running or a project they're working on or just the fact that these two people are going to come together and make something awesome. And that can be even networking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've said this a thousand times. If I've said it once, when somebody says they need something, the first thing that pops into my head is who do I know that does that or has it? And that's a part of building community as well, right? In that you're just constantly connecting people that can benefit. There's mutual benefit there. And that builds on itself. The more you do that, the stronger that whole team or community or whatever uh, grows. But to answer your question directly, what I love about it the most is seeing seeing the result of it. You know, when it's like watching a movie or reading a, a story or whatever, you can kind of see the writing on the wall of where, you know, of course, m- most of the rom-coms, they're going to end up in love and, and happily ever after at the end. And it's it's the same when you look at these people and you think, wow, if these people who maybe don't even know each other come together based on personality and skill set and passion and all these things that they have, putting them together is going to make this amazing project or make this amazing program or, or just make an amazing relationship or friendship. That's what I enjoy. And then seeing it actually come to fruition is, is very fulfilling. No, it is. I mean, that's a, I think it's one reason why we coach too. Right. right. <laughs> we, we enjoy the, the seeing the, the growth happen, the, the sprout come, you know, go, go above the earth. But like, it, it it was for me like I always wanted to have a team. I always was looking. I was in Boy Scouts, and you know I always loved the community feel. Um, but again, I was in that time. I was more self focused, and what it had me thinking is like I was always alone. And in reality, that wasn't true, right? And because even in, in these 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 periods of loneliness or feeling alone. Um, as I recall, if I look back at it, it was so many people there with me because it's almost like not only creating the team, but the team was creating itself. Just be just it just happens, right? When you when you when you, when you least expect it, the people when you think you're alone, it's just because you are you have blinders on in that moment, right? And that it took a while. It took a while for me to to really appreciate that, one, being a part of a team, two, seeing the fulfillment at the end of the process, that it even existed. And it was, it was hard for me. And I'm, I'm just trying to put a, you know, there's going to be a little bit more of a silence, but like it was hard for me because I didn't know who I was. Like I didn't. I didn't appreciate the power of others. That's the easiest way to put it. And that's a great way to put it. And I was just sitting here thinking of teams that I've been on in the past that I enjoyed being on. And not necessarily was I a leader in these teams. Because being being a good follower, 
right, is also as important. And I think that contributes to leadership skills. However, the teams that I enjoyed the most were the teams that at any given moment, anybody in that team was the leader. So you've got the leader who brings the team together and does all this uh, stuff. What do they call it? Uh, Damn, when it synergy. Yeah, there's yeah, definitely synergy uh, or a synergistic effect in the sense that you know. So maybe you're leading the team, but the team is so um, aware, Mm self-aware as a team, and they're also in such a psychologically safe place that they know they can speak up and you know, show their skills or they know where they're strong and the rest of the team relies on them. So that leadership in, you know, if they're faced with an obstacle, the types of teams where the person who's best at that obstacle has absolutely no reservations about standing up and everybody else falls in and supports them for that effort. Those are the the teams that are the most fun to be on. I mean, I think that's the the ideal team because you can't be in, on a team if if people are they're uh, jealous or, or competitive, competitive, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that's not a team. Like we have to each person within the team has to know their role, right, and understand their responsibility to each other. Um, but that doesn't mean that don't that doesn't make you in a, in, a, in a true team or a true community. One person is not more valuable than the next. Regardless of, of position, Correct. even the leader, Correct. you know, and I would I would often argue that the leader is, I don't want to say the least important, but is probably the least technically sound in most teams because they're there to facilitate the team's growth, not necessarily individual actions. That's why you have members on each team. And if you look at, again, using a sports analogy, which we've said before, neither of us are really sports guys, but... If on the field, the one person has the ball, they're kind of leading at that moment and everybody else has got to, if it's football, block for them so they can keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then in the next play, it might be somebody else who's got the ball and everybody needs to. It's a a, a transitioning role that, that, that is forever, that can, that can be forever changing. So then as, as leaders for all of our listeners out there that are leaders or, or just great team members, how do you build that? type of partnership in the community or the team or whatever you want to call it. And I think we're kind of using those as synonyms, really, right? Team, community, um, partnership. It, it all means the same thing with what we're talking about. I have to speak only in my opinion. Um, this could be wrong, but this is how I think I've done. If I try to just take time to reflect on how I, I've gotten to this point and what did I do to, to create the environments that I – flourishing with other people. Um, I, I don't put myself on a higher pedestal, right? I, I, what I do is I, 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 I want to make sure that I am telling everyone else or showing everyone else that I am just as valuable as they are and they're just as valuable as I am. And that, yes, I may be the leader but it's only a role that I play and being there. And, and that means putting myself in, not giving myself more than them, not um, doing less than them. Right. It's like anything where we can be perceived as equal, I need to do it equally. And so if that means you're going to, you know, you're going to shovel rocks for two hours, then I need to shovel rocks for two hours. 
right? And but it, when it, when it's time, right? And you need to teach each person that when our roles need to be played, maybe I'm the leader, I might need to step away. They need to understand that. So I think it's a it's a level of level of transparency, but also a level of respect for each person and showing them that respect by showing them that you can do the that you're capable and willing to to be beside them, not in front of them and not behind them. And I think that's a really big part of being on a team. And it's not gonna just be one way that fits all, you know what I mean? And every team is um, usually, I should say, contributes to larger teams. So you might have the team like your your section or your department or whatever is your team. And maybe there's three people or four people in there. And then that team is a part of four other teams that contribute to the larger department and mm-hmm. all the way up to the whole organization. I would say that – in every single thing, and I, I you know, ask the question all the time, who are your customers? And that the, – the philosophy I use behind that is understanding equals appreciation, appreciation equals communication, and communication equals teamwork. Mm-hmm. Regardless of your position in the team or the partnership, understanding the role and understanding the capability of – the people around you or the other teams, if you're talking in that larger context, is going to pay huge dividends. Because when you understand what they bring to the table, what they do, then you're going to start to appreciate them as people and as individuals, you know, or individual teams. And once you appreciate people, you communicate on a whole different level. And if you think about a sports team, and then, of course, that leads to better teamwork. And if you think about a sports team where – you know, I understand that that uh, maybe you're better with taking long shots, and I'm better at dribbling fast and and you know, uh, fancy footwork or whatever. We appreciate each other and what we bring to the team, and so then as we're starting to communicate, it's hey, you know, pass the ball to me. I'm open. I know that you are. I have appreciation that you're going to be able to take the long shot when I wouldn't necessarily be able to do that. I- when I started to appreciate others, uh, it was a term I learned, um, be the mayor of your town, right? And that, that philosophy was taught to me by a friend, Terrence Leggett, and he, he told me to be the mayor of your town, get to know people, understand everybody. That's when I started really really learning that you need to appreciate each person for who they are, what they have to bring to the table, and what potential they have, right? And he said he gives me the concept of being a mayor of your town because you you get to know everybody, you know what their capabilities are, right? You understand them on a more intimate level because there's one thing about you know team building or community, you can't really be a cohesive team if you're this if it's, everything is surface level, right? Right, and everybody's, yeah, yeah, and everybody's yeah. just like you know. Um, Oh, my name is such and such. You don't know nothing else about them. And so you really can't tap into how, okay, what are your strengths and your weaknesses? And so he taught me the concept of being a mayor of town where you go into a, a, a company or a corporation, right, or, or a work section, and you take the time to get to know the, um, the people that you're going to be there with. Um, for me, and this is great as a, you know, it, it helped me a lot. I learned this as a, uh, a very young Marine, but it helped me as I grew in the, in the core because, relationships 
became way more valuable as you went along because we depended on each other. And so the community grew. Like you said, it was first it was just one thing, but as as everybody knows, as your leadership position or manager or director position grows, you you sometimes are are in charge or work with or work beside a lot more uh, employees or people. And so if you're not able to understand each individual's capabilities or the what that section can do for you because you're so detached about focusing on yourself, you can never really utilize their capabilities to the full potential. And so what I do now is when I go somewhere, it's about who can I meet? Who who can I how can I grow my personal community? And how can I um, facilitate these relationships uh, over time by just connecting people? That was a big piece. It's like, well, you can't connect nobody people that you don't know, and you can't connect. And I mean, what don't know either? You don't know the other person, or you never met them, or you don't know the people that you're actually connecting them to. And so, being the mayor of your town is like it's shaking hands, kissing babies. Right. Walking around to, to different people and meeting people you don't know. Um, and one example of that is, is when I was as I grew as a coach, I needed all these different services. I needed a website. I needed uh, graphics. I needed um, understand money better, taxes. And I was like I was trying to figure it all out by myself. I had all these athletes and they were professionals, too. And so I realized that the people that I didn't think existed we're always in, right around you, right? Around you, right? Yeah. And that's where the mayor of town does. He knows what his resources are. She knows what her resources are. But if you can't be the mayor of your town and you start being the, the dictator of your town, you have no idea how powerful you can be as a collective if you stick to only individualism. And I think that's a great tip for everybody. If everybody in an organization or a team – tries or uh, takes that on and is becoming the mayor of their town. It's not that you have a whole bunch of mayors, but what you have are a whole bunch of people that know everybody else. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, don't, don't uh, take what Morgan was saying the wrong way. It's not that he's saying you've got to be in charge. You've got to be the mayor. No, that's not what I'm saying. Right. What he's saying (laughs) is that you've got to be the person who's out there meeting everybody else and understanding. And that's where I was to my point understanding equals appreciation because when you understand what other people do, what they're capable of, then you appreciate them. And once you appreciate them, then the communication just starts to flow. And this always cracked me up. And and I think it's in any organization, you know, there's the, the water cooler talk. And that's when you, when you go into an organization that has silos where people are, you know, finance doesn't talk with logistics or operations and there's all this infighting. It's because nobody understands what the other person or the other team is bringing and then they don't appreciate each other. And when they don't appreciate each other, it's easy to get there next to the coffee pot or the water cooler and say, oh, man, they don't do anything. Or, oh, they're always telling us no. But they're always telling you no because there's no relationship built. When you build relationships, people have a harder time saying no, and they're going to help you find a way to yes. So uh, to your point, being the mayor, I always say find the village elder. Right. Because that's <laughs> you're going to yeah. influence yeah, they the mayor, too. Yeah, That's right. They are. Yeah. And when you when you build those relationships, you're understanding and appreciating people on a different level and they're more likely to help you. And when they're more likely to help you, the stronger your team's going to be, because you see this 
within teams, which blows my mind every time. Why are teams fighting with each other when mm-hmm. they're in the same organization? Mm-hmm. But it happens all the time. And it's because there's no appreciation there. Look, they say you get more flies with honey than vinegar. Yeah, that's right. Right, and so the the part I, me- I remember going to this college and I taught this concept to them, and it was like, "Be the mayor of my town." You know, we did do this. I was like, and I explained it to them like this. I explained it to the people that, that have worked for me in the past too, just like this. You go into you go somewhere, you want something, and you say, "I need this," and you just go out there and say, "I need this." And what is the likelihood if that was you in the other seat? Would you just give it to that person if you were busy? You're like, oh no, it depends, you know. But I said, but if 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 you if they came in every day and said, "How are you doing? How are your kids doing? Like, how are you feeling today? How was your weekend?" When they came in needing you, would you be more apt to help them? And it was like, yes. I would say, why? Because they've taken the time to see me and, and, and build a relationship with me. And that's what being the mayor of your town, that's what building community is all about. It's seeing people for who they are, not who you think they should be. And I'm telling you in a work environment, this is so powerful because if you just take the time just to, just to speak to that young lady at the front desk every morning, that, the, the, you know, that day that you really need her assistance, she's going to be there for you because you've created and foster the relationship that most people don't do. They don't take the time out to bring value to anybody else's lives, right? A community is, uh, it's a giving feeling. It's a, it's a giving environment uh, where we bring in value to each other. And when you do that, it facilitates uh, change within, within you and also allows you to do your job better. Because now it's just not you doing the work. It's like, oh, if I need A, B, and C, I know Jack, Jill, and Jane, right? And they can help me do it. But if you never took the time out to see them, to listen to them, just and for me, I'm always asking, like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I try to remember. This is a this is hard. Everybody's memory is not as good as as mine, right? It's remember like, what is the last thing we talked about, right? How, you know, always ask, this is another piece about being a mayor of your town and building community. It's like, with that person, who's the most valuable person in their lives, right? The difference is why I ask how your wife is doing, how your mm-hmm. daughter's doing, right? So that's the key. That's how you foster relationship because it's not superficial, right? right? It, 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 but it's got to mean something. It's got to mean something. Like you, like You're I not do checking it because I, Yeah, I do it because yeah. I care, and I want to because I value our relationship. And I've had things where, you know, where I just, you know, talking to, I'm being the mayor, and I've literally made things happen that no one else could make happen. They was like, how did, I had a boss. I'm going to tell you this quick story. I had a boss. I moved down to this place, um, where was I at? Albany, Georgia. Moved to Albany, Georgia. Nobody wants to go there. Terrible place. It ain't so terrible. It's just middle of nowhere, right? It was super in the country. And I got there, and they were... That we had a service that we provided that we need to buy equipment for, but the the finance office couldn't find the money to make it happen. You know how this kind of goes, yep, right? Yep. They couldn't find the money to make it happen, and my boss was like, uh, "He's a hammer, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah." And so he tries to beat it into him, like, "You will do this, and I'm this, and I'm that." And um, it, they were there for a few years, and they never could get it accomplished, and. Um, so what I started doing is I started just go down there and just talk to them. I don't even don't I didn't ask for anything. 
Didn't ask for anything. Never. It's just like building a relationship because that's what needs to happen first to understand what's going on. Because you go down there and you with the hammer, people. What 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 things going to do when you got the hammer? They're going to resist. They're going to resist. They're going to push back. They're going to move out the way just to, so they don't feel the blow, right? And they, if they see you coming with the hammer, then they're going to walk off and leave. And they're going to try to find a ways to prevent you from using your hammer, right? But if you go down there, right, gentle, personable, selfless, right, and you and I, I would go down there, there's three people. It was two young ladies and a, man, uh, a young man down there, and I just talked to them. Get to know him. I actually went out to lunch with him a couple of times, right? Then it came to the point where that that situation came up again, and I and I and the boss told me to leave it alone because I got I literally got in trouble for this stuff. Uh, he told me to leave it alone because he wanted to feel like he can make it happen. But I went in there. I think I was there six months, and I went down there. I talked to him. I said, "This is what we're trying to do," and I knew them on a personal basis. Tell me why we can't get it done. And they, what I found out is wasn't that they couldn't get it done. It's how he was doing it. Yeah. But he wouldn't say that, and he probably didn't even know that. And then I made it happen. It got paid out, and he literally went off on me, right, because he wasn't able to do what I was able to do. But it was so beneficial. And those people, those three people, that was 2008. I still know them to this day. Well, and that's a great <laughs> example, Morgan, of – a leader who's not self-aware and very ego-driven. Mm-hmm. So you were messing with his ego. He obviously was not self-aware enough to know that it's like somebody who's talking to a room. And if you're in that room and you can see the audience is glazed over, but the person who's been speaking they're for an hour talking. and a half, they're still talking. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. What popped into my head was uh, I used to work with moving people around and getting them into this this particular program. And there was one person who was in Tennessee and would write the orders for these these young men to get into this program. Mm-hmm. We had built a great relationship, and this guy would bend over backwards, and I would say operated in the gray space a lot of times <laughs> when it came to getting funding to get these people to where they had to go or into the program, or if somebody got hurt, like rolling them back so we could keep them because they were worth it, and then you know get them back in the program so they could continue on. The easy answer was no. It's always the easy answer. It's always easy. Nope, yeah. they're gone, or nope, we don't have any more spaces, or no more spots, or no more money, or no more, no more, no more. However, we had built such a great relationship that, and I'd seen, witnessed, that this guy finding a way to yes so many times that on the rare occasion, and I, I only bring this up because it's the opposite of what we're talking about, on the rare occasion when he would say, hey, Fletch, we can't, I'm sorry. I didn't question it. I didn't waste time. Because built that, their relationship. Yeah, so the, you know? the other side of people helping is that if you've built those relationships, when they do say no, you know they've done. I knew personally in my if heart. he could, he would. I knew he had exhausted every mm-hmm. means possible, and the final thing was to tell me no. So I never questioned it. And that's a part of a well-oiled machine too, is having so much trust, trust and confidence yeah. in your people or the people that are in that, you know, uh, community or team that when they do say no, you know it's it's a last resort. Because that's where you, that's what the relationship building is is really is um, moving towards. It's like it's getting to the part where you're confident in what they say, you're confident in what you do and what you bring to the table, and you trust them 
wholeheartedly. Yeah, I was going to say implicit trust. Yes, implicit trust, right? They know that they've done, they will do, they have done everything they can do for you. And if you look at that concept, if you look at trust in, in a team aspect, that that is more powerful than any weapon, right? When you know that I got your back, you got mine, death or, 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 or hell or hot water, right? It doesn't matter when you have that. You are so much more effective. I don't have to look behind me because I know you got me, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of people don't understand that concept. I have to, I mean, to get into a, you know, we always talk, we are, again, we always military when we talk about um, trust, uh, and teamwork and cohesive units, like these are the words that we use in in our, in our culture, and to trust somebody implicitly with their life, right? If that can be built, why can I trust somebody to do a PowerPoint presentation? You know what I mean? Why can I trust somebody to um, show up to work on time? I'm literally I can trust somebody with my life, but so so where where is what are we missing in a society where, you know, we can be in this one organization and give it all for that person, but we in another organization where we are skeptical and reserved and don't support each other? I think it all boils down to relationships. And it doesn't matter if you're talking a military team or a, a you know, corporate America team. It's mm-hmm. all about trust and relationships because in the military – you you have to trust each other and you build those relationships because you're around each other all the time. Think of all the downtime we spend, especially as younger service members, where you're just kind of sitting around and watching you're out movies, like, as we talk about yeah, <laughs> watching movies or you're out, you know, like mowing the grass or scrubbing the toilets or whatever. And all you have is communication and getting to know one another. So then when the rubber meets the road, you've got that trust. But those are those tightly knit teams. And then if you expand that and open the aperture you do have that cross-functional communication breakdown where this group, you know, the we'll say the grunts, right, the, the people that are out in the field and stuff all the time don't necessarily appreciate the work, the hard work that the people do in the finance mm-hmm. because in their eyes, and I'm using my air quotes, they, they live the cush life, right? They don't go to the field. They don't get dirty. They don't do all these things. But the reality is they work very hard to get where they are and to be good at what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And when you can build any appreciation between those two cross-functional areas, as within any organization, and get them to know each other on a deeper level, then when they need something, they're going to help them out because they see them as people, not just as that other group. Yeah. And that, that transcends any military corporate America stuff. It all boils down to trust and relationship building. I think that's the piece where they tell us that you you sweat with them, you sweat with with, with your team, you bleed with your team, you cry with your team, and you laugh with your team. And how that look? You don't have to literally cry with them. You don't have to, but you share that same emotion, that compassion, that empathy. Um, you don't have to literally bleed with them. In some cases, you might have to, but it's being able to do the hard things that you know that usually you would you know most places would say you do this alone. So let's take this and open it up a little bit, right? Because you're absolutely right. And that's that's easier in a team where you're the leader and you've got your team members. And that's a – I think of all that we're talking about, that's the easiest thing to do. Okay. But then how do you how do you make your team understand the concept of being the mayor of their town as a team with other teams? So how do you get – Trust us. Oh, that's a big one. How do you get the finance department – to truly go out and get to know everybody else in the organization the same way 
we talked about an individual getting to know everybody it's the in the same. team. It's, it's the, the same. same. Thing. You have to, it's just at a bigger level. So if you have, um, let's just use a, a, a dealership, a car dealership, because they have sales, they have finance, they have service. That's a great example. Right. Yeah. They have sales, they have finance, they have service. But that dealership needs to sell cars. Right? As a whole. As a whole, right? And so I think it's, a, it's that it's a, the the number one, the intent of the, the the whole organization and how is that disseminated down through management or leadership throughout the process. And so there has to be a very tight ship ran when it comes to that. And it has to be taught in a way where everybody's facilitating that intent. And if you have multiple Say, oh, we're here for finance. Okay, how does finance's mission, that's teaching the other two teams, how does finance's mission impact them? Then going to service, okay, well, how does service's mission um, impact the other two, right? But it all has to uh, work together to make sure that that intent, that number one intent of the whole organization is meeting. Because most times when people are, or large groups like that are missing the mark is they don't understand what the other people have to do why they're doing it and how it affects them. And then they don't appreciate them. And they don't appreciate it. And that's why grunts. Like I mean I ain't trying to knock y'all right now, but I'm just saying that's a big piece because like, oh, you hear pogues and things like that. You've heard these different terms, but guess what? Without them you don't get paid. Without them you don't have gear. You Without have them food. You, you have food. Like we can keep going. Like you, you don't have weapons. Everything you say you need to do your job you, would not exist without support from somebody else's team. And then um, the other piece as a leader, and this is where it comes down to how you build, I guess it would be more the climate within your team, but Mm -hmm. you could even argue the culture within your team. If you hear the water cooler talk of, oh, finance sucks, it's easy to jump on board. That's right. It's easy to jump on board with that. But if I were to give any tips to our listeners, it's definitely don't let that stuff happen. And if you do hear the water cooler talk of finance is telling us no, or they suck, or or they don't understand what we go through. Don't or, just jump in. Ask why. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's where you have to ask those powerful questions yeah. of what is it that they're not doing, or how are they not supporting us, or what, more importantly, what do we not understand about their mission? Or what could we be doing better to serve them? Because maybe we're doing something. We're automatically, when we're dealing with people, we think it's them, when it could be really us. And everybody loves to play the victim. So it's it's easier to do that, but the the real growth is going to come as a team or as an individual when you say, okay, A, what's my part in this? Mm-hmm. What could I be doing better? And how can I approach them to help them understand or help me better understand how we can build a relationship that we need to have to make this whole thing work? And it, it, it takes it takes everybody. So I learned this in, in couples counseling. We had a lot of people, for you – out use out use out there that go to counseling or couples counseling. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, look, when as soon as there's a problem in a relationship, you say we need to go to couples counseling. We need to go to couples counseling." What I've learned, and this is what I believe, is like you can go to couples counseling all day and still not learn a damn thing, right? Because the what you need is you might need your own counseling to deal with your own stuff, and the other person might need to deal with their own stuff, so you can come together and be stronger together. Right, because if you if you think that's just this one piece in the middle is not affected by the the many moving parts, then you got it all wrong. You know what I mean? And I I, I believe that within the team that we all have to we have to all constantly be doing. That's marriage. I mean, I talk about that. 
Like people are like, oh, marriage is hard. Marriage, and I always like, what do they mean by marriage is hard? Marriage ain't hard. Personal growth is hard, so you can be into marriage. <laughs> and I would also offer that a good practice for all team members in all organizations is allow time and space for your team to interact with other team members mm-hmm. or people from other teams. So, you know, I'm envisioning this standard kind of, uh, what do they call it? Um, meerkat manner, you know, where everybody's mm-hmm. in their cubicles. I got you. That, that contributes to environments that build silos where it's finance versus, you know, operations separation. But if you build either events or something like that, where people interact and get to know each other, or maybe you're the kind of leader who says, you know what? Hey, Morgan, for an hour every week, I want to make sure that you're out just walking around talking to other teams. Build that into your schedule. I don't want you sitting in your cubicle for eight hours a day. Make your rounds. Make your rounds and yeah. go get to know everybody else on the other team. That's huge. Make it. I mean, it is. Since you bring that up, um, making the rounds is very important when it comes to leadership, right? But how do how does someone that's not in a leadership position make rounds? Because especially if the leader don't make rounds and they don't understand the concept. Like for me, I was like, get up and go. I always tell, you know, junior people like go talk to somebody else, go take, you know, go over here and see how they doing. Don't, don't stay over there all day. Right. You yeah, work yeah. Too, right. But like our job is seen is to, to actually make the rounds as, as we lead, direct and manage. But what about those people that are more of the, the worker bees? Like how do they do the exact same thing? I think that comes from, from leadership and networking and mentoring you know, where somebody, it could start off with something as simple as, hey, I want to, you know, I want to grow into this position. Oh, have you met Bob? Bob does that. And so now you've connected them, mm. right? But then when somebody in your team is faced with a problem in finance, say, you know, operations, hey, they're not giving us the money. Okay, well, what have you done to build a relationship over there? It's all about sitting down and having those conversations with your people, open conversations, First, figuring out what the issue is and then asking your team what their piece is or the, the person in your team. What are you responsible for in this in them saying no about this would you and have, encouraging them to build those relationships? But would you ever – so we're talking about like, okay, how we can bring value to each other. Would you ever have your team – say your team was, you know, but you, this other team you didn't respect how they did business. How would you deal with that interaction? I mean, that's tough. I If I were in that – that situation, I would first start leader to leader. Hmm. And then I would also sit down with my team and get the feeling of the general team, the consensus, if you will, of, you know, what's going on with that other team and encourage them to kind of do the same, to see where we can build a bridge. Because if there's a team of say 10 people, even if eight or nine of them are very hard to deal with, very difficult, don't want anything to do with this, you're going to find a crack. You're going to find a bridge that one of your people can connect with one of the people over there and and start to infuse more relationship building and positivity. And that's where I say you kind of find the village elder if you can, right? You you get into that environment and then allow it to trickle out. And it can be difficult and sometimes it's, you know, maybe even impossible. I don't know. It just depends on the team dynamic. That's where people like us, consultants and coaches come in and maybe facilitate that honest kind of conversation and, and get it all out in the air. But I would definitely recommend getting the whole team together and saying, okay, who over there is could be a, a potential ally first, if it's a really difficult team. 
I mean, that's a that's a solid point. That's a a, a great place to end too, right? Where uh, who can who can help? That's what it comes down to. Who can help? How can we help each other? Are we are we willing to step back for the greater good and see what we each one of us can do better mm-hmm. so we can bring us together? And that's within a team. That was, that's within an organization. Um, that's within a in a relationship. All these things are like okay. Each person takes ownership of their portion. 100-100, not 50-50. That's right. 100-100, right, because we both have 100% of the responsibility to be in this relationship wholeheartedly, to build this community, to build this team, and we need to be giving our all at all times. And that's what this whole podcast today was all about. It's about uh, bringing value to others, seeing people for who they are, and allowing people to to get to know one another so they can facilitate stronger relationships that at, at the end of the day will facilitate the customer, the company, and your corporate culture's intent. And I would add, you don't have to be an extrovert. Morgan and I are both obviously extroverts. I'm an introvert. Yeah, yeah, you are. (laughs) You don't have to be an extrovert to do this, right? Because I'm sure there's a ton of introverts listening to our podcast right now thinking, okay, well, I don't like getting out there and talking to everybody. There are people that, there are ways you can connect without having to run around and talk to every single person. And if that's not what you would genuinely and authentically do, we're not telling you to go and do that. But there are ways that you can connect. And often introverts are very good at connecting one-on-one. And they might be the one person that is the bridge to the team that's difficult. And nine of the people on that team are incorrigible and cannot be dealt with. Your introvert might have the in with the one person on that other team mm-hmm. that is going to help you out I, and you see you nailed it is that as that introverted person you know is out there you, you can tell and you just need to find out what their interests are and meet them on that level and sometimes that means you got to do some work and need some some investigation outside of that realm so you can have that conversation with them and when you do that they'll see just like going to another country speaking their language they they find so much when you do it right they find so much respect in that even if you butcher it at least they know least you're you making tried. the attempt yeah, you and tried. they often appreciate that more than than you asking for the the menu in english right and that's that's all about community that's how you continue to grow relationships and people is doing your best just to bring us each other together. That's right. And get out there and and build relationships. That's really what it boils down to is build solid relationships with other human beings. You'll be better for it. Your team will be better for it. And uh, you'll have a stronger community as a whole. You ain't got to look far. Sometimes they're right under your nose. And that's one thing I learned is I I would say if you've been looking too far away, kind of look closer to you because no, no great accomplishment was accomplished alone. It always takes a team. That's right. Well, hey, that's going to do it for another episode of That L Word. Uh, please share us on social media. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Share with your coworkers. Um, you can share it with yourself. Ain't no problem with you listening to this every day. That's how you share it with you, right? Because you got to bring value to you so you can bring value to everybody else so you can bring value to the team. You see what I just did with that? It's all about that full circle. The more you learn, the more you can teach, the more everybody can teach each other. It's all about community. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you immensely. And until next time. Yep. Thanks for hanging out. See you later. Bye.